Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Here we go again. Welcome back to the Offload Delay podcast. As it's titled, the podcast that's not only for first responders, and that will become a little more relevant today with our featured guest. Today we're going to be talking about long-term care. A little different of a topic for us first responders, but let me tell you, um, it's a major part of what we do in our world, especially on the paramedic side. People don't realize how often we're attending the long-term care facilities I'm sure if you think about it, it makes sense that we're there quite a bit. There's quite a vulnerable population that we deal with there, but we're not always there for urgent issues. We're often there for some political issues as well. And we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit. I myself have many calls related to the long-term care facilities in my area and the trials and tribulations we've had as responders dealing with them in our community. And I don't mean them as the workers. Quite often here, I'm talking about the administration, the uh, political backing or lack thereof that's involved with these institutions. Uh, I hate to say it, but I feel like they've long been in the province of Ontario, at least the dumping grounds for healthcare in our province. And it should be the last thing that they are. There's also this dichotomy out there of a public versus private sector of long-term care. that is uh, highly debatable. The efficacy of it is somewhat questionable. Not sure why or how this evolved or why it's not simply part of all our other health care that we are so proud of here in Ontario. Any responder you ask will have a long-term care story. and Generally, they're not going to be favorable. Uh, some will be, but there will be some stories out there that will really uh, make you shake your head. Even my own family, uh, we've had to institutionalize, if you will, a relative that it just to see it from that side not as a responder was just heartbreaking but that leads me into everybody else you all have your heartbreaks you all have your stresses you all have your stories likely related to long-term care or somebody you know that's dealing with long-term care issues and that's where my first uh, guest in this line of talks there's going to be more than one on long-term care coming where she comes in um Quite probably a month, month and a half ago now, I noticed this individual was quite an advocate for long-term care on social media, as well as uh, an advocate in person attending rallies, conferences, whichever, to support the long-term care network that's out there. And I became kind of intrigued as to what was driving this individual and what her story was. And I came to learn as she will introduce shortly, she's not even a long-term care employee or someone that's deeply involved in the business. She's actually, if you will, without being disrespectful, an outsider who's taken a great passion into this. And I find that highly respectful. And I need to bring her on. There was no doubt when I approached Leanne that I knew she was going to be a great guest. And we're going to bring Leanne in right now. And we're going to introduce Leanne. This is Leanne Schaefer. Hello, Leanne. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for joining. We are uh, very glad to have you. I know from what I've seen, what we've talked about, what I've read, you have a real soft spot for the long-term care facilities, as you do for schools, teachers, students, a lot of the stuff that's going on in the world right now that's causing grief for many people. 
I also know that you've been a vocal supporter of us first responders, and we appreciate it. This podcast was created, as I said earlier on, on another, another episode to give us all a voice. And I'm honored to have you on to give you a voice for your, your purpose, your team, your cause, and the crew that you've been working very diligently with about long-term care. I just hope you can kind of tell us a little bit more about you. I know you're a business owner. Uh, you're a parent. You're a yeah. doggy parent, which is even even more spectacular to me. I just <laughs> love the dogs. And I've met your dog and just, just a gem. But let us know what drives you. What led to this passion in long-term care and what, how does it relate to your, your life and what you're doing around your business or your home? Uh, it was sort of that pandemic thing where you have too much time on your hands because I obviously was closed down. Um, I run a hair salon in my house, so I couldn't work and also had surgery in that time. So I had a lot of downtime and just got increasingly frustrated with what's going on in the world. Why is it going on in the world? And is there something I can do about it? And so probably my biggest advocate that I started watching was Dr. Vivian Stamatopoulos. So, you know, watched some interviews and followed her along. And it was really nice because we got to, I got to sort of get an inside look. And then um, one day out of the blue, the Ontario Health Coalition put out a tweet that said, if anybody wants to help, we need your help. And I was like, pick me. And then they sent an email and off we went. So that was, I think, May of not this, but the past. So May of 2020. Yes. That leads me to bring up how we kind of met. Um, Dr. Vivian Stamatopoulos is a featured guest on the Dean Blundell podcast. Right. And her socials are here for anybody that uh, wants to follow along, uh, join her, her team hear her voice. She's a, an excellent, excellent advocate for long-term care. She's a researcher and a professor, actually. Uh, she's very well-spoken, and she's not afraid to face a challenge head-on, and I encourage you to follow her on those socials. That being Absolutely. said, you were watching Dean Blundell and <laughs> yeah. his network, his pod, correct? Yeah. Following her. Dr. V on there, and then yeah. you happened to see me as a guest, and you reached out some comments and not supporting us as first responders and i thought yep. it was fantastic so that's kind of our connect there yep and i know you've had some personal personal hardships yep you've had some you mentioned surgeries yes you've had surgeries where you became incapacitated to the point where you could now see the view of somebody that is relying on others for help correct absolutely, absolutely. we don't need to get to the no. personal details of your back mm -hmm. and the yeah. issues that laid you up. Yep. But you came to me and you said that once you were in a position, post-operative position of recovering and you felt that vulnerability, it just drove you even further to try and Absolutely. fight for those individuals in these centers. So yep. let's talk about that a little bit as far as um, what you experienced. Uh, were, you, were you scared? Were you frustrated? I was absolutely terrified. I got to have surgery during one of the lockdowns, or sorry, just after one of the lockdowns lifted. And I had to have my fifth spinal surgery. So it was on my C-spine. And I was supposed to stay overnight. And then I wake up in recovery and they're saying, hey, do you have a phone? And where's your phone? And can you call someone to pick you up? And I was like, uh, pick, pick me up. So I only remember that little bit because there's parts of it I don't remember. But apparently I phoned about seven different people saying, can you bring me home? And they ignored it thinking that I was probably drugged up or something. So essentially what ended up happening was I gave up my bed so that somebody at the hospital could have emergency surgery. It was literally crammed, like sitting in the like pre-op part where they wheel you in. It was just people wall to wall and I thought holy crap so coming home I came home with no guidance no doctor's notes the nurse was like oh, I don't 
think this is a good idea, but okay. So I was absolutely, for the first time in my life, absolutely terrified. And I thought, if I'm terrified and I've done this four other times, how, how does a human being feel trapped, stuck, where they have no physical help? Like, I have a brother. I live with him, thankfully. Um, I, my mom did come over. But essentially, that first night, I was by myself. I can appreciate the panic, if you will, the frustration, oh. the anxiety, yeah. the helplessness. Yep. And you then related that to individuals in long-term care facilities and Absolutely. thought, my goodness. And you were actually able to reach a phone or yes. be verbal. Some of these individuals are so obtunded that they don't even have that ability to speak out or reach out or to fight for themselves. So I know you have well, a network. Yeah. You have a strong network. Right? Yeah. We mentioned earlier in the show that you're a mom. I am. And you're a mom of my this guy right this. here. My son, Devin, he's 22. And he's a, you, go ahead. I was going to say he's a, he's in the concrete kid. So he works very, very, very hard every single day. Very no, hard. No easy world in the concrete world. That's no, for sure. no. And, oh, and this girl is right my, here. My lovely, that's Paige. She's 24. She is currently enrolled back in school. She's going into nursing. And. I know. And then last, so beginning of the pandemic in May, she graduated from ECE and very pre extremely proud of that as well. And then did is early childhood education, correct? Yes. So kind of yeah. a teaching side of it. Yeah. Yeah. So the healthcare. Yep. She was, um, instead of going into the education system, she decided to go into more private daycare and she got like top level, like you can't get a better job than what she did. She got her own class, like especially coming out of school she's very bright and she's very just good with people and then she just felt the calling like mom i gotta go back to school and i was like yeah good for you yeah good for you now you've had some personal tragedy of late too that's driven yeah. you yeah um part of, part of what's driving what you got this gentleman here i believe is your father that's my dad that's brian lautenschlager yeah, I'm glad you said that one <laughs> yep, for sure. Um, he was struck down by cancer, I believe. Yes, it was me. pancreatic cancer. And you got to witness, unfortunately, the horrible plight that they all mm -hmm. seem to go through in these cancer battles. Um, yeah. You sent me this picture and it was touching. Yeah. Same man, however long into it, what were you said it wasn't even a couple of years. That was year two. I really don't even think he should have been here, but he was. So that was about, I want to say maybe about five days before he passed away. So that was the first day he took pain medication. So we were like, oh, you want ice cream? It was like a bite and it, he spent probably a good hour and a half throwing it back up. And then me kind of yelling for the nurses, like, I think he's going to choke to death. And they're like, really? No, he's not going to choke to death. It's okay. And so we just, if he wanted to eat, we gave him food and let him do his thing. But he was so Some like, of these oh. pictures, some of these pictures are hard to see. And I know they are, but I know you wanted them out there. I do. And I think it's part of your story and what's driving you. Yeah. You sent me this one and we discussed showing it and you're okay with it. And mm -hmm. it's, it's the reality of the situation of how frail and how difficult life can become for all of us at any point in time. Yeah. This, this is... This is cancer. This is no food for, oh, I don't, not even sure at, at that point how long he had actually maybe probably, I don't know, two, two, three weeks, but it was such a decline. And it, probably the saddest thing was like, that's him the day he died in the morning and he's trying to drink coffee and we're like, okay, you want, you want coffee? We'll, we'll give you coffee. And then it was the whole intricate tissue and then the thing so you could throw up that one sip of coffee and it was so at that it, moment yeah. am i correct you instantly realized what many of these workers absolutely these, these facilities are dealing with except with people those, that go ahead go ahead yeah. i was gonna say those people in in hospice because hospice is much different than hospital even so um he didn't have to go to hospital we tried to home care him but we couldn't do it like 
we we did what we could the two of us like his he had a third wife and she called and said i can't do this so i was with him for a month i took a month off work took a month off home somewhere adopted a puppy stella in between all that i got her like three days before my dad passed away and I just uh, to salute you guys with this picture you wanted yeah. to share this as well <laughs> yeah a fantastic just... picture and a memory right? <laughs> yeah his first stone day and like do you want to do a selfie he's like okay he had yeah. no it. <laughs> yeah but i i think it's important for everybody watching everyone that's getting to know you out there that you're not just coming with a pounded fist and just kicking and no. screaming and you want to make noise you're coming as someone who's experienced some real life trials and tribulations yourself yep. with your family. And now you are speaking out for those that can't. Yes. And you've followed Dr. Vivian Stamatopoulos. Yep. And you've joined a coalition. We'll talk about the coalition here shortly. Yep. But you're also very vocal and I admire that. You're coming out and you, you have very intelligent rebuttals, very intelligent <laughs> questions especially on social media and your voice is an important one. And I wanted to highlight that here today. Now I have something to show. We're going to just kind of click us off here for a minute. And then I want an opinion on this. We're going to talk about this when we come back. Yep. Premier, um, I'm going to be a little bit long winded today. Uh, Cause I think some of these allegations, uh, some of the observations that is are important to, to, to point out. Soiled residents not being changed, leading to skin breakdown. Little to no disinfection of facilities. Pressure ulcers due to little or no turning of bedridden patients. Cockroaches and insect infestation. Forceful feeding causing audible choking. And on and on and on. You said that you're horrified by this. You are in charge. You're ultimately the boss. Yep. Uh, did you fail seniors in this province? I know that you talk about this as a system that's needed to be changed for some time, but you've been the premier for some time. And families that have had loved ones die, families that still have loved ones in these facilities, would like some answers and some accountability. So did you fail seniors in this province? I don't feel our, our government uh, failed seniors. As a matter of fact, we saved a, a lot of lives uh, by doing what we did, uh, putting actions in place, by calling in the military, by calling in uh, public health, by getting hospitals in there to support them. Travis, you've been around long enough. You understand the system was broken. I take full accountability for the system that we inherited. But I can tell you, I'm going to fix this system. I'm going to fix this system no matter what it takes. But you're right. The buck stops with me and I take ownership. I take full ownership of this. But it's a system that just doesn't affect Ontario. You've seen what's happening in Quebec. You're seeing what's happening across the country. And just because we have the largest population, you're really seeing it in Ontario. But we're gonna make sure we fix it. Travis, I came up here over and over and over again saying the system was broken. Do we know the absolute extent until I read this report? Not at all. I didn't know the deep, deep roots of it. Did I know the system's broken? 100%. But I can tell you, no matter what it takes, we're going to fix this system. Hmm. Interesting. So I'm going to put that into context for anyone watching. That clip was taken. I grabbed that one off of a local news feed from May of 2020. So a year and a half ago now. Yep. That was immediately after Ford had the military come in. Our premier Ford, province of Ontario, called in the military to help, which was very, very appreciated, to help are struggling, understaffed, underfunded, under-resourced long-term care facilities. And he's very grateful, and we should be, that they were able to do that. However, when they were done, they left a report, and it's known as a scathing report on the state of the long-term care facilities in our province. And this is a year and a half ago. And he comes out saying he's absolutely going to fix it. He's now aware. He was not aware until this report came out, apparently, that this was an issue. I can tell you all he would have had to done is come to someone like me with nearing 20 years of going to these facilities. I could tell you some stories that no one wants to hear. Um, but I want your opinion. I want what, When you see that video now, 18-ish months later, what, what do you think? What, what's your response? What's your, that guttural feeling right away of when you hear him talk like that? 
Oh, there's so many things I could say. So many swear words. Um, actually, my biggest guttural is watching Marilee Fullerton in the bag blink a thousand times because you know they're all lying. They've known about this since for years. And the fact that this pandemic has put to light and that's why we know about what's going on. So that report, which currently as of today, um, they're saying maybe it wasn't the report. The report isn't real. And that just goes to show you, we are at this cliff. We have this mountain of issues that it, it all comes down to profit. It all comes down to politics. It all comes down to owners and it all comes down to money. And you go where the money goes and he can stand up there all he wants and say, the buck stops with me. The buck isn't even going. So this thing that they're doing where they're throwing PSW, so they say, into these little courses through Conestoga College where, that they're paying for, they're coming out and they're very almost not qualified. So we have our human beings, our human parents, somebody's grandma, somebody's aunt, someone's friend, doesn't matter who it is. They're human beings suffering, suffering in these, I'm going to call it an institution because it's not what it used to be. They used, it used to be um, a nursing home because nurses and nurse, nurses took care of them. Now it is just a institution where we throw our old neglected people that we can't take care of. And everybody likes to just go, mm, it doesn't really have anything to do with me because Either A, I'm not old enough, B, it does not affect me, or C, I don't have family in there. So most people will just go, mm, I don't want to talk about it. My friends are like, why the heck do you even care right now? Like what? I don't understand. Eh, it's my thing. They're they're fine with it, but nobody, they're just like, meh. And we need you guys. We need yeah. you. We need your advocacy. We need speakers, representatives, uh, uh, spokespersons, if you will, for the people that can't. We need, we need to, to see support. We have our own issues. I'm oh, just going to kind of. Yeah, go ahead. I need to say something about our world and our feelings when I see that video. Uh, this is the same individual that initially denied paramedics to be vaccinated during this COVID crisis that we're dealing mm -hmm. with right now. That we weren't necessarily on the front line, don't know how, to receive these. Now that, that sense changed, but let me tell you. Over my years of doing this job, I'm going to speak for many, many others that I work with. The atrocities that I've seen in these long-term care facilities are not new. COVID, if anything has to be highlighted as a benefit, it's so hard to put the word benefit beside COVID, mm -hmm. is it shed a very important spotlight on these institutions, which is what they are now, the long-term care facilities, nursing homes, and whatever other fancy they like to call them fluffy, flowery names, those days are kind of in the past now. We've seen now with COVID what's truly going on. I will say that I've been part of issues, to give specific examples, I'm not afraid to say it, where these poor staff are so short and so under undermanaged, underfunded, underbudgeted, underassisted, that us as the ambulance will show up literally to take an individual out of there for the day with a problem they are not really able to tell us, transport that poor soul to the hospital to simply remove that individual for 24 hours from the facility so that they can have a little less burden on their staff. And I don't blame the staff. It's because no. they're understaffed. And this happens more than you want to wow. know. And it angers us. It abuses the system that's involved to get us there. Somebody else may require an ambulance in emergency. Yeah. Quite often these individuals are obtunded and they can't speak for themselves to say, I really don't know what's wrong. It's as simple as them saying, I don't know. They're not themselves today. I'm normally not here. This isn't my patient. Off you go. Mm -hmm. And we have no recourse. In our, in our world, in the paramedic world, we cannot refuse anyone care that's requesting care, whether it's from them or from their spokesperson. So I've seen it. I've seen some other issues that are just gut-wrenching. Um, I'm not afraid to speak out, and I'm with you guys on this entirely. And by guys, I mean we're going to see. There's a lot of women in this one. This is mm -hmm. a powerful group of females that we're talking about here, yep. as well as men. 
but it's it's an impressive um, group. You mentioned it earlier. It's the Ontario Health Coalition. Yeah, I'm going to just bring up their socials here. It's the Ontario Health at Ontario Health C, and they advertise. They have 400 organizations representing 500,000 individuals dedicated to protecting and improving public health care. I, I didn't know enough about this till we chatted and I dug in a little bit. And one branch that they have right now is long-term care. Yep. They're, they're an advocate for health care in general. Yep. And they're also what I believe under a national network of the Canadian Health Coalition. So they're our yep. local provincial body. Yep. And you reached out. You reached out. You heard the call. Yep. And that's what you joined. And with that, one of the first aspects of social media that really tweaked my attention with one of your posts was this right here. Yep. You were calling for people to help and to show up to our Ontario legislature the day it opened. Mm-hmm. You guys weren't messing around. Nope. <laughs> it was going to be the day they returned to session, Queen's Park in Toronto, and you held this protest. And I saw that and I thought, you know what, there's something more to this here than just someone posting on social media. And I had to dig in more. And kudos to all of you. Thank you. You have a, you have a name, right? There's a bunch yeah. of you within this. <laughs> this is the Ontario Health Coalition website. Simple, ontariohealthcoalition.ca. But within that, you formed a group of these fantastic females. Yes. That you refer to as? Long-term care sisters. And you have your own hashtag, you have your own social media network, you have your own following, you have your own group. And I know a lot of that you're following Dr. Stamatopoulos. Yes. Right. As one of the educated, leading, well-spoken advocates, you've kind of taken to her very well. And it's my goal to get Dr. V on here, as well as some of your LTC sisters. Yep. We're going to talk about this even further, but I thought today was very important to get you on. To yeah. lead us on this uh, journey, a marathon. It's going to be a marathon. Important. This yeah. important, important rally. Now, you explained that you've made some good friends through this coalition as well. Yes. Some, met some powerful people. You even went as far as you're. You're all coming in from out of town. Yeah, we're in, all you're over. In, you're we're all over. A couple hours away from the 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 rally. Yep. And you sent me this and you told me a story before we went live about how you all shed some tears, or yeah. you did at least, a bunch of you, in this hotel room while you're making these signs that we see here in these banners. That's how emotional it is for you and for those other advocates that we thank. And we're very, very thankful for. We can't be everywhere. My little contribution right now is to hopefully have a podcast to get some voices out. And I have my own battles I'm fighting in the other worlds I'm in. And we yeah. need everybody to take their piece along the way. And you sent this, and I think this is a fantastic photo. Yeah. The, it's the day of the rally, correct? October 4th. This, yep. This is the day of the rally. And Natalie Manera, who runs our Ontario Health Coalition sector here, is kind of in the middle with the brown long sweater this coat. Her here? Yeah, okay. I see her right in front of the sign. I, yeah, I don't yeah. have specific of Natalie, I don't think here. But that's you. Um, yep. Oh, I There was, you are. Hands up. Yelling. Yeah. <laughs> I love I it's it's amazing to see. And it's admirable. And the voice that you're giving others needs to be paid forward. Thank you. And you're showing the work going on in that room, and I believe you're crafting these. Yeah. We- we're, we're in the pandemic, so you're protesting. The irony of protesting with a mask on isn't lost on me. You're trying to yeah. give a voice while you're covering your voice. Yep. So you said, you know what? We're going to put a message right on top. Yeah, I said. Yeah, and by they, there. who do you mean? All of them. All of the 4,000 that we've lost that are gone, that aren't coming back. They all matter, and I'm afraid we're going to forget. And we can't forget. And that's why your voice is so important. And I also think they matter are the staff, the families. Absolutely. And don't everybody. Get me wrong. Yes. And I'm not I'm not belittling that. I just want to extend on it. Yes. Because at no point in any of this do I blame any staff. No. They are actually some of the most overworked, underappreciated individuals. Underpaid. From underpaid yeah. from top to bottom. 
all the and way I've, down from the the most minimal, what you may think is minimal position in those facilities to the top. Yep. That's and the working class top. Absolutely. Dr. Vivian has always said, and don't quote me on it, you can ask her. There's a mentor that she has that I've listened to and she's wow. Um uh the the phrase quality of work equals quality of care. So if you don't give quality of work, which is equal pay, equal benefits, um, somewhere that they can go in and say, somebody's got my back instead of this, sorry, bullshit that is bullshit. It's, it's absolutely, you know, I just, sometimes I don't have words in today as one of them because it just, as my phone is binging and binging because they're, they're in court right now for a, a long-term care place in Quebec that they're, you know, trying to figure out who's at fault for all the people that died. And I, it's another case of, we need a meeting to decide when we're going to have a meeting to decide when we're going to have another meeting to vote on a meeting. It just, we need to actually step up here. November or we're, we're almost in November now, yeah. 2021. And that video I showed of our, Premier Ford touting 18 months ago that he's going to solve iron ring. I haven't seen anything. I know when I go to calls or at these facilities, they're no different. I haven't seen I a single worse. thing change. Uh, yeah. And now you have a pandemic going through it yeah. and we've isolated them. We've mm-hmm. isolated them beyond any comprehension to their family, their loved ones, the single thing that they're tied, uh, holding on to. And now we still haven't stepped up to support them. And I, I, I very much applaud you. You said your voice is lost today. It's not quite what it normally is. So let me tell you, I'd be impressed to see when it's on because it's even <laughs> excellent. And this is the voice that they need. And I want to invite on this podcast right now, Dr. Vince Damatopoulos, who I've reached out to. And you've mentioned Natalie. I didn't. Monero. Natalie. With the, Ontario, yep. on, with the Ontario Health Coalition, yep. and some other lovely individuals that we're going to yep. get on in a short period of time following this podcast to follow it up. And Let's they would where be, we're at. They would be so lovely because I, so I don't have anybody, any family in long-term care. I didn't lose anybody in long-term care. So I can have all of the empathy in the world for how they feel, but I don't know how they feel. These are the women and men that lost their family members who were locked out from their family for 160 days. Could you imagine being completely at the end of your life and you can see your loved one through a window and you watch them decline, you watch them lose weight. Like that's why that picture of my dad was so important because there were patients that looked like that. There were patients that they saw their parents at the beginning of the pandemic and at a lockdown and then or they died and I can't even imagine dying alone, dying without, I don't know. It, it, it's so heartbreaking that there are nights I don't sleep over it. And I'm not a hundred percent sure. Maybe it's watching someone take their last breath. I mean, that's you're passionate and that passion is being driven in the right direction. And you have this network beside you. Of yes. And I feel like experts. this is the, the right thing for me i don't i don't it it just feels right but could you imagine if we only ever reacted to things that mattered directly to us like that we're officially tied to we need that we need you to reach out beyond your own individual tree branch yeah and connect the forest together we need it we we need you you need us we're not alone in this but we need a leader as well and to have our leader not only create these false promises as they've been seen up to now, they're false, Ugh. but to abandon us during the pandemic. Yes. We know the, the rumblings out there, him being muted during a federal election going on a pandemic. Suddenly he disappeared. Suddenly, conveniently, when his party was looking for seats at a different level of government, they basically said, mm. possibly, can you just yeah. not be around for a while? Yeah. But while that's happening, we have no leadership in our roles. We have nothing nope. to go by and we're fumbling our way through. 
So kudos, kudos to you. Thank you. I feel and really bad for, for stepping you guys. forward. We've all signed yeah. up for a job and we're going to continue. Yeah. I guarantee you, I say it every time. We're going to keep doing our job. We just need the support of those around us and that's growing. And we need to let people into our world to see. And there's some real doozy stuff coming up on the other pods as well. This is going to fit in just nicely with all the rest yeah. of it. It's all about insight. It's all about a fly on the wall. The last podcast, I was like, whoa. Like, you understand PS- PTSD. Like, we all know the term. We all understand. I think I have post-traumatic surgery disorder, honest to God. But... um that I was kind of riveted because I, I was watching going, holy shit. Like, I, I guess That's I've, the point. I've always, you would think, you know, somebody goes through that, but to, to hear then the stories or that that's a lifetime that you do this every day and no one is there to have your back. Like, how do you go from one call to another, like from an auto accident to a hanging? I'm sorry if I'm not, I don't, but it, no, but it, you're right. That's what it was in the pod. Yeah. I, I was just like, oh, wow. But if you listen to the upper echelons out there, the higher political levels, the higher management levels and all of these services, they have our back. No, they don't. And that's why I'm here to say what's really happening. And I'm not throwing any of them under the bus. No. I'm just saying what we go through and what you're going through right now and what our leadership is doing to us. Mm-hmm. and how important it is for us to all keep moving forward and spreading the word of what's really happening. And I have no problem sharing real detail, real, yeah. real details. Now, some of these photos were taken from this lady. You mentioned Marine. And we wanted Maureen to give her some credit. Yeah. So she's been a presence there as well obviously oh, is she part of the is. ltc sister posse she, she is yes excellent she is. and this is her instagram feed for anybody yeah. wanting to follow along um yeah. these photos that you have provided us have been granted a lot of them from her yes and i just wanted to say that i realize this wasn't easy for you to do but you stepped up and we appreciate it uh I'm going to speak on behalf of all first responders. It's a very big group to speak on behalf of, but we're thanking you and your team and the Ontario Health Coalition and the LTC sisters, but specifically you for having our backs. Well, if we can do, we're going to do our best to, to pay it forward to you as well. Yeah, that's fantastic. You're a very talented person. You said you, you run your own business. I do. And you even dabbled in. This this is a strike, which is a fantastic side of you that somebody, we need to talk about briefly, obviously, but you became a bus driver for the transit system in your area for how long? Five minutes. Five minutes. And in that time, you were able to get into a a legal strike and vote on a strike mandate in the five minutes. So learn what a union was. You're a lady of many, many trades. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> and you're not afraid of a challenge, obviously. Transit bus driving is no slouch of a detail either. I'm not gonna lie. You now hold that bus license. But <laughs> yeah. if we can if we can let everyone know, it, it didn't pan out because of your your surgeries. Yes. Yeah. So unfortunately. You had and a vision I, and you I couldn't did. pursue and and one thing led to another and here you are sitting there talk to me from your place where you're working yeah. out of with your bus driver's license, license. in your pocket. <laughs> Moving forward, talking on behalf of all these fantastic ladies. So I really, really want to thank you. And I'm going to invite you back, but you're not gone yet. I can't let you go just yet. Okay. Each pod that we're doing, and people will catch on to this slowly but surely, I asked the same three questions of the guests. The first time they're on, I'm not going to get you with this one again next time. This podcast is designed to be a fly on the wall in our world and in your world and us as first responders and all those that are kind of curious about what we do and what drives us. So if you could be a fly on any wall, listen in on anyone, anywhere, anything, what would that be? Hmm. And it can only be one? One fly, one wall? Uh, honest to... Oh, I, oh that's a tough one. 
You can change your answer. You can mix it up. But is there okay, something so in particular that even away from all of this, all of this passion, personal interests? I can't. I can't. Obviously. I thought. I thought about this for a couple of days because I know the question. Because I remember the yeah, question. Yeah, because you're smart and, and you watched yeah. it. And I was like, um, so two things. On an honest to God, I want to be in the back of an ambulance and see what happens. I've always been completely entranced by that. There's probably not a documentary I've watched or something. Um, and then I would really like to be a fly on the wall when Doug Ford has meetings. That's all. <laughs> Yeah. 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 I hear you. I'm the same way with that one. I think I would yeah. like to be there, but I would be a fly that would probably want to sting someone at some point. Oh, I would be a, maybe a wasp and you just sort of flit around and then you just poke them and leave. You know? <laughs> I, I can't say I disagree. Now, as far as the ambulance side, we're going to do our best to bring that to you. That is we can have live so footage. There's obviously confidentiality yeah. issues that mm-hmm. surround this business, but yeah. by the the guests that I'm going to have and the stories we're going to have, I think you're going to have much better insights into what goes on in there than maybe even want. Um, well, even the stress, I can't even imagine the stresses because one of my clients went through it and she literally was having such bad anxiety attacks in school because you have to have a perfect test. Yeah. It's a perfect or one way. It's, the, the, it's, it's ridiculous. stringent testing and we're going to have people on from the paramedic college in and our area just, and talk about would, what's involved. Oh. The stress of there, this poor girl. But we don't have a job where we can get 58%. That doesn't no. work with people. You got to get 95, uh, 99%. Otherwise, yeah. things are going bad. When I have yeah. a bad day at work, it can be a really bad day. Yeah. It, not all the time, but I mean, that's the risk. So that's why the testing is yeah. so strange. Which I understand totally. Um, so but it diverted, starts though. right at the very beginning. Yeah, that's right. Okay. And what I would recommend, though, through this podcast, too, is you're not going to have the smells of being in the back of the ambulance, which is probably <laughs> one of the best things you could ask for. So that's what I'm going to ask you next. Okay. Smelliest place you've ever been. The It may, it may seem irrelevant, but all of us in the frontline world have stories that will blow you away at times. So it's the good to hear everybody's perspective. Smelliest place I've ever been. The the bottom of the green bin of my dog's poop bags. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, no, place. just horrible. And that I can't even imagine like uh, that is pale in comparison to some of the stuff oh, we I deal know. with, and it's not poo pooing it, if no. you will. Yeah, I'm sure you're yeah. gonna get that um, connection. No, so actually, it's I just do. an odd. It's an odd question, but it's part of the. Yep, go ahead. Change it a, a, a little. See, I forget, yeah. just remember a senior yeah. cl- client that mm-hmm. lost a husband and got very upset and kind of hold herself in. She used to walk over here and get her hair done every week, and and then she would come in and I would be like, "Oh my god, like what's that smell?" And then it would get worse and worse. And like I don't know what to say. Like it's in my house, but like other clients are saying, "What is that smell?" And then we couldn't get it off the chair, and then we couldn't get it off. This, it was permeating and yeah, it's that yep. smell of You're going to say it right now. You're going, down a path, or, uh, you're going down a path that's going to be a common trend with all the responders I bring on because there is nothing in this world that smells like the human body at times. That has showered or bathed? It, it, there are many instances and many occurrences that you're probably going to hear about. Yeah, but, I, a thumb up a bum was bad <laughs> enough. I can't imagine. <laughs> Holy <laughs> crap. Or yeah. Troy. So, yeah. okay, we'll go, we'll go with that one yeah. then. Okay. So I would. And I the last thing, answer. far as a question, <laughs> yeah, answer changed. We're going to say yeah. it was that individual sitting in your chair, or yes, and then you had to deal with the chair. So it was either the individual or the chair. It doesn't matter. Same smell. One food. If you could have anything the rest of your life, I love food. food oh, so do it's I. It's a big part of our our world, our workplace. Yeah. In the ambulance world, we don't ever have enough time to eat it. In the fire world, we have lots of time to make nice of creations, and we we brag about it. And so that's why this question's here: is if you could have one food and one food only, what would it be for the rest of your life? Tacos. Nice. Tacos. I don't know why tacos. Yeah. Tacos. Every day is a Tuesday. Every day is Every taco day. But it can be any kind of taco, so that just that's puts great. your whole yeah. world way open. That was smart. Yeah. It's like saying Fish pizza tacos. or something, right? You could have anything. Yeah. 
my friends well, have a, a couple smokers and they're like these just ugh, cooks and so um every weekend we get a surprise and and oh we have one time we had uh oh crap i can't the best cut of meat um kobe beef or kobe uh, some, uh yeah. that was a taco i'm like oh. <laughs> so yeah they're my they're my heroes it's definitely Saturday. the one the one it's one of the ties that binds us all right the food yes we're all yeah. we're no different anywhere in the world any level of society we all need that we all have the same kind of vision so that's why i thought i'd ask that yeah that's so a good one. i want to just thank you before we let you go here for your passion and your support thank you. and your willingness to put your own mental health on the line because i know it's affecting you i know these yeah. battles are tough and we're all guilty of not offloading the mental baggage sometime that's why it's so good because i'm like our ltc sisters we can offload right so I that's can't, can't really offload with my friends or my family because even my mom doesn't want to talk about it because she's like maybe you're going to put me in there so we don't even talk about it but yeah offload get in with a particular group with a common interest it's no different than us at the stations or at yeah. the halls yeah and you can just offload that a little bit easier and we can also and we do dms and we talk privately with dr viv and some of the ladies are really not okay and we yeah. just have to hold each other up. Like recognition is more than half the battle. Oh, so, absolutely. Kudos to you for doing thank that. Thank you. And thank you for joining. Thank you. I um I hope everyone gets as much info out of this as I, I sure have. It's been very eye opening and very admirable. And I'm gonna do my best to get those other advocates on with us. Oh, I don't think we'll, it'll be a problem. We'll, we'll have a great <laughs> chat to follow yeah. this up. So all the best to you and your pop and your family. And your Thank business, you. and we'll be looking for you on social media. Everybody can follow along there. At, um, to my crazy try that. To There's their Twitter, Twitter handle. Well, hey, sometimes <laughs> it happens. It's not the end of the world. But we're going to let you go now. I'm going to just right. have a few final thoughts and appreciate you joining. We'll, we'll chat soon. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Then. Thank you very much. Well, imagine. That much dedication, that much support, that much drive and determination from someone, as she says in her own words, that doesn't even have a, a literal hand in it. It's amazing what we're all going to be able to accomplish if we just stick together with this and kind of look through all the smoke and mirrors. So thanks, Leanne. Thank you for your time. Look forward to having you back. And to hearing some more of those stories. And maybe by then you'll have another smelly place you've ever been story. Who knows? And we'll get some of those sisters on here. I also need to thank some of our partners here. Particularly hashtag, I've got your back, 911. They've been a great support of this pod. And they offer tremendous support to our first responders out there. And did you know that you could actually reach their website? at I've got your back 911.com and then order your own great swag. This is not just for first responders. They have a complete line of sweaters, shirts, hats, logo or um, uh, stickers. They even have challenge coins. They got it's open to everybody, but the money is diverted straight back to us as first responders and to help us with our mental mental therapy or mental needs if you will. Also this podcast wouldn't have been possible without Dean Blundell and his fantastic network, deanblundell.com. We're featured on there. You can catch our podcast there with many of his other amazing podcasts. If you choose to tune in, we're available again on deanblundell.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. Those are all audio versions of this pod. For fullest version, you're definitely going to want to watch us on YouTube at our Offload Delay channel or through Dean Blundell's podcast link on his network. Socials for the show, offload underscore delay at Instagram. We have the Twitter feed, and there's the YouTube channel there. I really hope you can get on there and subscribe. We'd love to see everyone joining in, and if you subscribe, you'll get the automatic alerts that we posted yet another great pod, and you won't be left out in the dark wondering if you missed one. Facebook, as I said last time, it's kind of going by the wayside for me, but I am reachable there. 
I also want to throw out a address for you here that I, I hope you wouldn't hesitate to reach out on. That's offload.delay14 at gmail.com. That's the dedicated email for the show. If you have anyone that you want to mention, highlight any ideas, discussions, that's where you can reach me. Love to hear from you. Good to chat. I'll reach out as best I can, depending on how crazy of a week it's been in, in the job world or the podcast world, but I, I encourage you to reach out. Wow. Powerful. What a show. Uh, long-term care facilities here, as well as going to hesitate to say or, or, or hesitate, hazard to guess around the country and probably around the world are needing our help. So thanks, Leanne. Thanks for coming on. We're going to end it there. We look forward to seeing you back and stay tuned for our next offload delay podcast should be about another week. Bye now. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com.